Hello, Chris. Jason is here. What's up, baby? What's up, loser? We're just talking about how your your voice sounds, and you we were you were your voice is so loud, and you were yes. saying that it's just that good and that powerful. And I think it might be too too much, kind of like when when you see somebody who has you know fifty to a hundred orgasms a day. That's the type of scenario where you know it seems like a good thing, but it is actually it quite might, troubling. It might be too much. It might be too much. I, I don't look. I, that's a very weird comparison to make, um, but I get what you're saying. And unfortunately, if God has blessed me with these booming pipes, and I'm not able to to you know sing for a living, then I guess podcasting is a consolation prize I'm willing to accept. Booming pipes. Um. Yeah. You do have booming ass pipes. Okay, so um, really psyched to see that Trump has pardoned somebody <laughs> that died uh, over a hundred years ago. That was look, cool. man. Do you think he, not- he he really thought he was going to do some shit when he did that? Probably right. Um, I would guess so. Yes. I mean, I don't know. It's it's an interesting response to the DNC thing last night, which I of course didn't watch because it's boring. Um, but mm-hmm. I did see some recaps say of people, of course, you know, talking about Michelle Obama's necklace that said vote, mm-hmm. um, and, and some, and, and her speech as well. She got that she shit says, on Etsy. You know what I'm saying? It was $315, uh, of, of, of friend Lane who writes for wall street journal posted the PR email she got after the speech aired. <laughs> customizable though customizable you could you could say chris you could say jason you could say how long gone i'm sure it goes up as the as the letters go so up. it's three three fifteen we can get the gone necklace not bad not bad so we i mean we, what would you rather have jason a gone necklace or a sporty and rich anklet i mean i'm gonna have to side with my own brand i think yeah but the anklet is probably worth a lot more uh, I don't know what kind of gold she's using. I, don't, I also don't know what kind of gold uh, Michelle Obama's uh, jeweler is using. Um, she's she's not, not. She's using blood diamonds, though, for sure. I love blood diamonds. I would only. My teeth are all blood diamonds. All of her diamonds are savage. Uh, speaking of speaking of the Obamas, you know we, Barack we were really Obama, excited. Barack Obama released his 2020 summer playlist. You simp's getting so excited about this is the corniest shit I've ever seen. Like. Why do we? Why do we want politicians to be cool? That's not, I want them to do their job. I don't want Barack Obama to like have great taste in music. That's not what I'm looking for in a president. And he proved that by posting his playlist because it's not great. Do you think? Do you think that he makes like what is the percentage of of work that he does on this versus somebody doing it for him? I actually think it's a combination of him, an assistant, and a daughter. One of his daughters. Okay. I mean, this feel, yeah, you, you can kind of tell which ones are which, but it also feels like it was just created by like an AI algorithm yes. that's like, yes. what would Obama listen to? And this is just dead ass it, which, which I guess is, you know, good. So we got, um, we got, <laughs> <laughs> we got Leon Bridges and, and Krugabin. Leon Bridges, I'm a fan of, and that's 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 a shooter. I accept him. Yeah, Leon common is cool. has been common has been washed for 20 years. No, I did John not Legend, say I did not say common. He's next. I'm talking about Krug. What do you think about Krug? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who Krugun Ben is. Okay, Let's just, I think we should move through this quickly. You know what I mean? 
Uh, Common is no, trash. He's I been washed for twenty years. You, you should learn. You should listen to Krung and Ben. I want to hear your thoughts on them. They're pretty popular. Is it? Yeah. Um, yeah. Calm. Yeah. They're kind of like uh, a more instrumental, druggy, Tame Impala, but same level of coolness. Where are they from? I think they're from Texas, maybe. Yeah. Well, Leon is too. But why would you name your band something that's unpronounceable? <sighs> You know, this is we we want. I mean, I don't know how to pronounce Billie Eilish, but you, you know she's it, doing pretty good. I know. Um, the only song I can really get behind is "Gaslighter" by the Chicks, "Song of the Year." <laughs> God damn it! All right, yeah, that we got Common. Forever begins. Trash ass Common. Trash ass. Common's, Common's been washed for literally thirty years. Like he he has one album that people like, and I don't even like that one. Um, that was in 1990, fucking three or some shit. John Legend featuring Coffee. Coffee's cool. John Legend. Coffee's very cool. Not so cool. John Legend's the worst. He's married to Christy Teigen. Uh, Billy Eilish. Teigen's very cool though. The Chicks. Gaslighter. Oh, that's a that's a black pick. Um, that Jason, I saw you bobbing your head listening <laughs> to that song and admitting it absolutely. Don't drag slapped. me down. Don't drag me down into your Dixieland. I'm actually bringing you up because your taste is so poor. Um, Bring, yeah, um, yeah, bringing me up to the Dixie Chicks level. Uh, we, next up, we have Billie Eilish. I don't know. You know, I'm sure it's. Great I don't song. know that song. That's for young people. Maggie Rogers, also friend. Um, I love her record. She's a good friend uh, of yours. Sh- she was also performing at the Democratic National Convention, so they had to include her as my guest. Mm-hmm. Um, Billy Porter, Tom Brown affiliate, um, also <laughs> performing at the Democratic National Convention. Uh, awesome. Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson, actress and former uh, reality show winner, also performing the 2020 D- Democratic <laughs> National Convention. Savage Remix. Her Megan song is Thies- called Feeling Good, and that's going to be a great song by Jennifer Hudson. How, how, could, you not, how could you not like that? Ugh. Savage Remix, Megan the Stallion featuring <laughs> Beyonce. Of course that's on here. That's a, that's a, you know, that's a classic. He's a savage uh, guy. Tiana Taylor. No one's ever listened to Tiana Taylor. Let's keep it real. Hell no. Um, work. Obviously, that's a classic. Yeah, two, um, this is not 2020 summer playlist, guys. That that song is so, like four years old now. So you're telling me that Barack and Michelle are in the crib banging Heady One, grime rapper from the UK, Young T, Bugsy featuring Heady One. Absolutely not. And, and I mean, unless he's still smoking that, that. I think Obama might be gone off that fucking Chrome Hearts runs, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's got a bag of Chromie in his pocket like Steve Harvey. <laughs> Because, bro, I mean, Khalid, Disclosure, that's a Jason song. Um, Fuck no, I do not I do not listen to Khalid. <laughs> Twist and, and Turn, Popcorn featuring Drake and, and P&D. That, you have to be on drugs to listen to that. Like, you have to be gone off the fucking Amiri Kush bro, to listen Bro, it's summer. It's a summer playlist. He is Thank gone. Thank you. I know what fucking season it is. Um, uh. Wizkid featuring of, her, H-E-R. Mm-hmm. H-E-R is an industry plant no one's ever listened to. Um, Wizkid is very cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, keep it moving. Bob Marley and the Whalers, okay. Georgia Smith featuring Burner Boy, very cool and of the moment. Mm-hmm. Princess Nokia, no one's ever listened to her before. Uh, <laughs> J. Cole, absolutely embarrassing. Um, Nas, you know how I feel about Nas. Mm-hmm. Um Mac Miller is I've never seen revisionist history like this of someone being a legend after they have passed. Mm-hmm. Um, not for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really understand what people like about him, but he's very popular with like cool white guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who Andrea Valley is. Sam Valle. 
Mai, May? Two. My I don't know. <laughs> uh, 1238, Childish Gambino featured 21 Savage, Inc. and Kaja Bonet. That's probably – that's. I know you're a big Gambino fan, so what do you know about that one? <laughs> the uh, 21 Savage is the only cool person on this whole playlist so far. Otis Redding is pretty cool, bro. <laughs> the only cool person that's alive – you know, it's just – yeah, no, 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 that's not true. But I am happy to see 21 appear on Barack. Like, what do you do when you're 21 Savage and you're like – I write songs about killing people, and that's about it. And then the literal president of the universe, the most beloved president of our entire lifetime, writes your name on an official document saying, I listen to this person's music. That's pretty cool. It's, it's, I mean, look, he, but the second page gets a little better. I don't think we need to run through all of it, but it's, it's got, it's got Outcast, Friend of the Show, Moses Sumney, Stevie Wonder, Haim, The Steps, which is also my favorite song from the new album. Mm-hmm. Um, Cheryl Crow, Certified Legend. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, Isbell, Jason Isbell in the 400 unit, which is really interesting because I feel like that's something I should really, really like, and I've never been able to get into it. Mm, um, nothing interesting but about that. But I like him as a concept. Uh, Frank Ocean, I don't like him as a concept. Uh, Summer Walker featuring Party Next Door, that probably slaps. That's some thought uh, music. There's three different Party Next Door songs on this soundtrack. That means Obama fucking... <laughs> Way more, like, Obama has listed more Party Next Door songs on this playlist than I've ever listened to or heard of in my entire life. Same. That means Michelle getting piped down to P&D. <laughs> <laughs> we love to see it. I, we do, honestly. D'Angelo, classic, Chet Baker, The God, Nina Simone, also John more, Coltrane. Uh, um, Little Sims on there, too. I mean, the fact that, that, that Nina Simone and John Coltrane are followed by Anderson Pock. And Lil Mosey really, really <laughs> showed the, 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 the range of, of the Obama's Sonos. I mean, Obama is the Anderson Pock of presidents, and I Good use point. that and, pejoratively. You know, I'm glad he did something for the, for the uh, Latinx community with J Balvin featured Dua Lipa, Bad Bunny, and Taney. Mm-hmm. Um, that song slaps. <laughs> uh, but overall, this feels fake. Right. Well, he's he's done this every single year. I know. And, and no, it, I know. Like, the I, first time one, it came out, it was like groundbreaking, earth shattering, and it seems like he has the same vibe, but he is really taking a lot more of a uh, of a Latin feel. He's he's entering into the more of the world music. Yes, um, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think. Look, I, I get it. I actually, it's not even about it. Uh, Barack and his assistant and his daughter's taste. That's not even really the point. Mm-hmm. The point is how excited people get about this, thinking this means something. The, I mean, the only thing it really means is if you're somebody on here that is it's not fire. famous. Yeah. You know, if, if you're Tank and the Bangas, then you're going to be like, oh, sick, this person, you know, if you're Andy Schalf or well, hey, or we don't Cassandra know. You're saying Wilson. this. But he's also got Bonnie Raitt, legend. I mean, no, no, honestly, I'm saying if you're a smaller artist, then like this could be this could get you some some bucks in your pocket. Like this you're, is you're the new, get this a is lot new of streams. IPhone. This is the new iPhone commercial. It is the new iPhone commercial. It's you know getting getting Barack's cosign on your shit. You know you're gonna the sales are gonna go up at least a little bit. Are you saying that Barack Obama is the new Suge Knight? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, come to death row. I mean, I'm saying that Barack is the new, just like, <laughs> this, this is the new Coachella lineup announcement. All those other senators dancing in the videos, you know. <laughs> uh, 
if you're sick and tired uh, of all these other former heads of state all in the videos, <laughs> I, I, uh, I just think it's it, it's just it's so insane how excited people were and like hard eye emojis. It's just like he he wears actually though somebody said this on Twitter and it's true. This playlist matches the fact that he wears Rag and Bone and Stan Smiths. So it kind of at least there is a through line and, a, and an authentic authenticity 1, with the corniness. But again, politicians don't need to be cool. They need to be smart and good at their jobs. I don't need them to be relatable to me. True, but there needs to be, I guess, a little bit of relatability, just a little bit. But just to let you know that you are, you know, you're not a some type of human monster because no, you know, that's true. You look, that's at, true. You look at Trump and you and you imagine him not even enjoying or knowing music at all. He definitely, he definitely is not listening to music. And that's like a you know for, for if you're like a, a liberal Democrat that's a big turnoff. That's true. And I mean, except when he listens to Kid Rock, which I you know, <laughs> yeah. that and it's uh, a little it's a blind spot for me. You know what I mean? You know, Kid's got some some hits. Don't worry. Um, and and Apple Apple announced that Beats One Radio is now Apple Music Radio, and they have a country music station now because that's the only music that white people listen <laughs> Makes to. Makes money. Well, I mean, the fact that they had a different name for it from the beginning was kind of silly. Anyway, I don't see why you want to splinter a brand of that size. You know what I mean? Um, because they owned Beats by Dre, they bought Beats by Dre, and they wanted to make that that brand and the name and the IP go up. And then it just I, didn't I work. Th- I don't think I don't think it needed. To, I don't think Beats headphones needed the IP to go up. Well, I mean, everyone needs like, their IP to go sure, up. Sure, but I mean, Beats headphones were fucking gangbusters sales wise before Apple bought them. That's why Apple bought them. Mm-hmm. And you know, that's that that what that used to be good enough. You'd be like, yeah, sure. we got bought for three billion dollars, and they're like, damn, bro, cash out. And then now they're like, should okay, we, that's cool. What's next? We're should we, we talk about when you were on Apple Apple? Beats One Radio with Fat Jew. Beats One we gonna, Radio. Yeah, we could talk we, about that. I mean, we don't have much time now, but I mean, didn't Justin Bieber come on? That, there, yeah, there, there was literally one episode. I, it was a weekly show that I that I co-hosted with the Fat Jew. Shout outs to the Fat Jew. Um, and you guys I, probably aren't old enough to remember the Fat Jew, but <laughs> uh, he owns he owns Babe uh, Wine Winery. The Babe Winery. Um, they, I did every single episode except the one week I was out of town on location doing a DJ set for the Where Are Your Friends press tour was the Justin Bieber week. And I was Damn, really so, bummed. So you were busy mobbing out with Efron and you missed hanging out with Bieber? That is really, you peaked, sir. You, you have, that, that, that is the coolest thing you've ever said. I saw, yeah, I saw Bieber on the call sheet and said, I'm good. I'll, I'm I'll, good. Zach needs I'll, me. I have a show at Marquee that night. Sorry. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, but I mean, I, I, I don't really care about Justin Bieber. I don't think I'm gonna like have a conversation with him that is interesting at all. I was more into like we had Nelly on, and I asked him if uh, if he still if he's mad that he doesn't or something about apple bottom jeans. And he he like almost took his headphones off and walked out. Like he, he was, didn't like the he didn't like the TJ line of questioning. He well like he was there probably to like promote something going on. And, and then like my dumbass is like, what up with those apple bottom jeans though, bro? And he was he's not in. <laughs> Yo, it. so like I call myself Vin Jeans. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like apple bottom. There's a, there's a relation here. 
we got, I got to hang out with T Pain and talk to him about like metalcore emo music. He was talking about like the red jumpsuit apparatus and shit. Oh my god, that's dark. Which is dark, and but my favorite maybe Jermaine Dupree. Well, you you already know the flavor's different. So so deaf, baby. You he, know? Jermaine Dupree was like he didn't say anything, but every time I would we we would like make a joke, he'd be like, "Huh, you guys crazy." And that was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect that's that's what i'm gonna start doing on this podcast um all right so after we've slandered um the former president's musical taste and uh big up jermaine dupree uh i guess we should should welcome our our guest today mm-hmm. yes let, let um, us our, our guest today is alicia uh, kennedy yes she a, is a, a food writer and she she focuses on vegan topics, which I'm very interested to unpack as a as a former early days vegan, which I'm sure I share that with her. You're still um, a practicing member of Vegan Hive, though. Not really. I eat cheese when I need to. Um, exactly. But Alicia has a, a great newsletter. Um, actually, that, that gets I see a lot. I see it getting passed around a lot. Um, and uh, <laughs> I see it getting passed around a lot. I do though. I just, it's very popular. Um, but the, the, another thing about her is that she's currently living by choice in San Juan, Puerto Rico. Um, mm. So I, I can't wait to hear about quarantining in, in San Juan and what the what the vibe is and why you would go there at all. Really, what it do with, um, the, to, with the Puerto Rican quarantine? What it do, baby? All right, let's give her a call. Hell yeah, let's go. Um, <laughs> thank you, thank you for joining us. How you feeling? Uh, I'm all right. How are you guys? Um, we're really great. I, I did a really hard Legree workout this morning. Are you familiar with that? I have no idea what that is. Legree? Yeah, it's 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 like a reformer situation. It's just very hard when you're not as flexible as you should be. Like Pilates? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Chris, from the, <laughs> Chris, from the you can't same just school. say it's a reformer situation and expect everyone to know what you're talking about. Wow, sorry. I thought I was talking to an enlightened group. I apologize. Um, did, so you're living in San Juan? Yes, that's where I live. We don't really have like boutique workouts here. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually shocked by that. I, I assumed that they had taken over everywhere, but I'm glad to know that there's still a refuge for people who don't care. So um, San Juan is the capital city of, of Puerto Rico, correct? Yes. Is this true or false? <laughs> uh, okay, but but um, what what it, what is the workout vibe going on there? They don't know no Barry's boot camp yet. Well, people do boot camps like in the park. People mm, run. Yeah. People bike. There's mm-hmm. lots of yoga, but okay. there's that, that no um, yeah. There's no like bar workouts or spin studios or that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time. That that virus is spreading everywhere too. What about what uh, about Trader Joe's or Whole Foods style markets? We don't have a Trader Joe's. We have a local Whole Foods type grocer called mm-hmm. Fresh Mart. Okay, but yeah, no, none of the big uh, chains in terms of groceries here. Why do you think are they just? Do you think it's like a logistical like supply chain issue, or do you think that there's just not enough business? We're just racist. There's a. Yeah. There is a supply chain issue and there is a, you know, uh, 50% of the island lives below the poverty line. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, that's that's the issue, I think, with bringing bringing those kinds of things here. Mm-hmm. Why? Why did you move there? 
Uh, I like it here a lot, and um, uh, my boyfriend is from here and lives here and works here, So, and I can live anywhere, so I, I live here now. <laughs> Damn. So that, cool. Yeah, that seems like a big move, but I guess I imagine you'd spend a lot of time there before. Yeah, I've been reporting on the island since 2015, and I moved here last July. So what is the, what is the, like, what are you covering? Like, what is the main thing that you want to talk about, about Puerto Rico, if you were to talk to like a novice, like what are the inner workings of what's going on there? Uh, in terms of the pandemic or in terms of food or I would, I would say a little bit of everything. I think it seems I would like, like pandemic with the side of food, please. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the island is has been a colony of the United States since 1898. Uh, yeah. Since the Jones Act was put into effect in 1920, everything imported in or exported out of the island has to be on U.S. owned and staffed and run ships. And so that makes everything a lot more expensive here than it might yeah. be uh, on other Caribbean islands. And that also kind of governs the way that agriculture works here. Um, so about 90% of the food that is consumed on the island is imported from the United States Jeez. and other places. That um, seems very high. It's extremely high, yeah. And so there is a local agricultural, agricultural movement, but it is very not supported by you know local or federal government. Um, you know, in the same way that in the United States... There is a uh, industrial agriculture reigns. So yeah, it's um, it's an interesting situation. And pandemic wise, how have they handled it? Terribly, um, along with the United States, you know, similarly. Um, but we've had a curfew in effect since March fifteenth. So before a few weeks ago, it was uh, seven p.m. We all had to be inside by. Now it's ten p.m. Seven p.m. Yeah, now it's now it's 10 p.m., but no alcohol is sold after 7 p.m., yeah. Wow, 7 p.m. seems really extreme. So they've just, have they just missed Yeah, it one? is super extreme. And, I, and it did, we're also experiencing a huge spike in, in coronavirus cases because they uh, the, the local tourism company, Discover Puerto Rico, um, really pushed travel to the island um, starting in July. And... Uh, so that's been um, that ended up being bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, extremely, extremely bad. And so, that's, yeah, we might like shut down completely at the end of the week. It seems. Oh, so it's that bad, man. It's it's, it's, it's that bad. I think twenty seven thousand cases right now on yeah. an island of three million people. So yeah, it, it's it's wow. huge, and and it's because of the tourism. I mean, they've been coming not wearing masks and and that sort of thing, mostly from high hit places like florida and like you know um mm-hmm. I, I was gonna ask if it was american or or international but did but they didn't close i mean i guess it's 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 the same rules as america so um, yeah we can't close the airport here without the faa so if i wanted uh, to go to puerto rico right now it would not be really hard too hard to get in no it wouldn't be hard at all i am looking for some vacation destinations just curious. <laughs> yeah, they, you really sold us on a little get a weekend getaway and the natural right. wine there is good okay <laughs> that's like i didn't know i didn't know it was that extreme that seems and, and are people are locals listening to the are they are they trying to do the right thing or is it kind of like fuck these guys uh locals are listening to some extent um yeah it's it's 
there's a little speakeasy action, I think, but nothing, nothing too extreme. Mm-hmm. I, I know I'm feeling, you know, I don't think I would attend, but the fact that I haven't been invited to one underground rave is really bothering me still. I can, I can invite you if you'd like, Chris. I don't think you're going to like what you see. The though. fact that I haven't been invited to one underground rave is really killing my ego. Um, <laughs> but cause they're definitely happening. Uh, how long did you, did you grow up in New York? Yeah, I grew up on Long Island. And did you live in the city for a long time after that? Yeah, I went to college at Fordham, lived in Brooklyn, usual thing. You did the whole thing. So you're, you're yeah. okay. <laughs> you're, you're like, we can breeze past this. Everybody knows this. We've heard this before. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I just think I just think that the do you find do you find working in Puerto Rico is it is it easier? Is the pace nicer for you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I I, you know, no, no one is distracting me as much as being in New York, especially because I grew up in New York. So it's like yeah. I have my family. I have all of the friends I grew up with. I have all the new friends. I, and like then on top of that, all like the shit you have to go to um, to like work in media or whatever. And so, yeah, I'm I'm 100 percent more productive here. And you so you've shifted your 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 role in the in the media world to kind of independent where you have your own subscription newsletter substack audio elements all that stuff going on um, yep. how long have you been doing that for or how long have you kind of like gone independent and and been subscription model based well really only since march um okay. i i had two anchor gigs as which is like freelance parlance for like regular we love anchor hey yeah and so um yeah i uh since that income dropped off i was like i guess it's time to try out a, a newsletter and then it just kind of um took off from there i, I feel so. like you're i say this in the intro but i feel like your newsletter is really popping I hope so. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's 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 weird because you know it's. I don't know what the what the level of attention. You know, I have yeah. all the numbers in the back end. You know, sure. so I don't know what that necessarily means. Like my newsletter yesterday got over ten thousand views Damn. on in one day. So that's good, right? Like that. That's a big good. boy. We call that a big boy open rate on this. That <laughs> is a big boy open rate. I okay, think that now, yeah. now is your story on on luxury and as it pertains to the culinary world. Right. Yeah. So it was about how how the culinary world values various um, ingredients. Hmm. Which is something I would uh, I would I would definitely like to get into. Um, I, I'm a I'm a big food lover myself, and I've always loved that part about food where you can experience maybe the greatest version of something for not not a lot of money. And some of right, those things right. being things you listed like chocolate and coffee and, and sugar and things like that. Um, yeah, it's all relative. Great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I would rather have that than, than a truffle. Right. Why, why are truffles actually good or are they just expensive? I, I don't know. I don't know if I like them that much in general. I love them, actually. <laughs> it's an acquired yeah. taste. It's not do you love them? But do you love you only? Do you love the good shit shaved over like pasta, or you're down for like a truffle flavored potato chip? Honestly, both. Like I love <laughs> a truffle shaved over my pasta, and I'll take that any day. But also, there there are these Spanish potato chips called like Torres. I think. Yes, that's Torres. what I was talking about. They're good. Yeah, like, I fucking are- love them. 
Yeah. So I like for me, I don't really care. And actually, that's how this newsletter started was I was like, remember when everyone was angry about fake truffle flavor? Like, what was up with that? And so I went digging into that. And then I saw that's when I read like um, Kenji at Serious Eats in like 2011 being like, the attempted democratization of the truffle is like one of the greatest culinary crimes ever committed. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> that, like people making truffle oil and like putting it on French fries and potato, like that's one of the great, like, do you know that, that you, you know, entire continents were colonized and can, you know, for resources that like there's well, child slave there's a, labor. I think there's a difference between culinary crimes and, you know, crimes like involving actual, slavery. Actual, yeah, right. actual. I mean, I guess a no, culinary no, no. crime stops, you know, culinary crime doesn't leave the kitchen. <laughs> right. But I think that, it, it, you know, there's lines there in terms of, um, the extraction of sugar from sugar producing nations and the effects that those have had ecologically, economically, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then you continue to just use like white domino sugar and don't know where it came from. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's, that's, you know, that is a terrible simil- crime, but I would, I wouldn't call that a culinary crime. I would just call but that. But I think it works on drug. both levels. It's a, it's a crime, but it, you know, I don't know. Anyway. Um, it doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> this is why we podcast. Um, I mean, to me, an example of a culinary I'm, a culinary crime could be putting pineapple on pizza or something like that, or or dipping yeah. your crust into ranch. Right, but I think that those things still don't have. I think the truffle thing also takes on an ecological dimension and mm-hmm. a socioeconomic dimension in the same way that these other things do. Mm-hmm. Um, because of you know values and, and means of production and that sort of thing. So sure, um, just like the th- uh, the twisted ramp, <laughs> the, the, the troubled tr- ramp, troubled ramp, the troubled ramp. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm jealous. I don't have any ramps here in California. That's why I'm that's why I'm lashing out to you, and I do apologize. Oh, that's fine. Uh, that brand, <laughs> that chip brand, also they make other wild flavors, though, don't they? I've only seen, I think, the jamón. They make truffle, jamón, yeah, the iberico. They got. For I mean, some reason, those, yeah. it, is, it is an elite potato chip, only for the wealthy. I would say. <laughs> Even though I think Jose Andres has a has a part of that, though. He has his own line of of potato chips. Actually, oh, does he? I feel, like a, I feel like a potato chip is something that is greatly fetishized. You know what I mean? And and the, the search for the perfect one is like a never-ending thing for a lot of people. Right. <laughs> Especially if you smoke enough weed. What's up, yeah. with weed uh, what's up with weed in Puerto Rico? You you smoking that loud? Carry on. We're talking about how you smoke a lot of medical-grade marijuana in Puerto Rico. <laughs> Please expand on that. So basically you stopped working and you're high on the beach 12 hours a day. That sounds like a good life. I think you made the right decision. Uh, I mean... Uh, no, I'm not on the beach at all, actually, because we're not allowed to go to the beach right now. Mm. Um, Damn, even <laughs> so, even midday. This is this is not even. This is nothing to do with. I'm the, getting flashbacks. It's weird because that's how LA was, you know, a month or two ago, where you know you couldn't go to a park. There was a curfew. The beaches were closed. All that, and I have so, I've sort of just forgotten about that, which is bad. Which means I need to smoke less weed, I suppose. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it's about the pandemic. Yeah, we're not allowed on the beach. I mean, <laughs> fuck. That's I don't the, know. 
That's the worst. That that scene. I mean, I think people really have a tough time responding to that because they feel like that's like public land or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's it's really in. It's stupid. Yeah. Well, they when, they when they start taking down the basketball hoops, you know, it's really over. You know, that's, that's <laughs> what, when they chain up the basketball hoop. You know, the the fun is over. Right, uh, right. I don't. I don't really. I, I don't know. They, it's still like that in L.A. There's a lot of that. Is still that you can still go to the park, but all the shit's taped off. So, oh, wow. like, why go to the park? Really, I don't really understand right. the the logic. But mm. it sounds like leadership is failing us everywhere, guys. <laughs> I go to the park just to read, Chris. And speaking of books, you you are writing or you have written a book um, covering veganism and capitalism. Is that is that correct? I am writing it. Yeah. Okay. It's you're, due next. Next July, yeah. We're in. Oh, next July. Hmm. When do you have to turn it in? July next July. Yeah, turn it in July. So, what could you could you expand on 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 kind of the intersection between veganism and capitalism? Well, the book is about it's kind of a cultural history of veganism in the United States for like the last fifty years and the ways in which it at one point was a more political stance with um Mm -hmm. with you know uh kind of connections to ecofeminism to anarchism to Mm -hmm. lot to you know a lot more animal rightsy stuff etc and Mm -hmm. so uh yeah and how it's been co-opted by wellness and and, you're speaking to um, two former members of the animal liberation front so you're you're talking to two graduates of of the PETA school of vegan and heart veganism and hardcore uh couple wow. together so actually i, I, I just saw somebody i saw somebody tweeting a conspiracy they had that that PETA is an organization created by the government to make people think that vegans and animal rights people are dumb and are insane. and i'm starting to kind of believe it with <laughs> with their a lot of their new ad then they'll post like pictures of billboards around town and advertisements in la and it really does kind of feel like they're trolling or they're just trying to see how far they can yeah. go to like just piss normal people off. Right. It's rough. Um, so you, I, how long have you been vegan for? Since 2011. Okay. So you weren't, so you weren't, did you flirt with it at all? And like when you were much younger or did it come to you at that age? Like were you well aware of it? I was aware of it and I, I flirted, but I never took it on until I was in my mid twenties. Um, yeah, so so I know of those your what you speak of in terms of um you know Animal Liberation Front, yeah, hardcore, etc. But like I wasn't part of that necessarily. I was definitely like on the periphery of that world. And so um but yeah, so I came to it later and that the book is is going to cover the last like 50 years. What was appealing to you about it? Was it was it a health thing? Was it an animal thing? Was it just like a better way to live in general? I think it was, you know, both uh, animals, better way to live. Um, I realized, I think because I was always interested in it when I was younger, but I always really loved uh, food. And so I was always worried that, like, I would be eating less delicious food yeah. if I went vegan. Um, and so... Which is true. I cut... <laughs> yeah, and so I, I came to a point of like realizing that veganism didn't just mean like veganaise and like tofu and seitan and and that kind of shit. But like you're right, it includes it includes French fries. Don't forget, it, okay? It includes French fries, but it also like included like plants. And yes. I, basically, when I found a 
of a route into veganism that was also focused on like local seasonal mm-hmm. like vegetables that was that was when i i realized i once, could once I could humans as a whole figured out how to make kale taste tolerable <laughs> exactly changed the whole and then you, I, you had to you were able to put down your beyond meat glizzies and switch over <laughs> to a more holistic approach it's really uh, interesting yeah. to me because when i was younger that was definitely not the vegan diet it was not vegetables and local it was very much like pretty unhealthy um, but yeah. still like, based in shopping at like independent health food stores and what comes along with that. Um, right. But I, I think that the explosion of it in popularity is is really mind-blowing to me. Because as a teenager, people didn't even know how to say the word. Um, <laughs> Veg. And I don't, I don't know if – I mean I think celebrities play a part in that a little bit as far as just like – but do you think it's – Yeah, think my the, grandma thought I was gay because I was vegan. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly the kind of shit that would happen. That's what I'm saying. So I wonder if before before we got so rudely interrupted by the, the internet, um, I was trying to understand if the the, popu- the popularity of veganism. Do you think it's it's celebrities and wellness like combined, like a, as a fireball <laughs> that made it so interesting to like a mass audience? I think so. I think it's it's part of the yeah, celebrities wellness, like the I don't think people are interested in being vegan, but I do think people are interested in like eating less meat um or like having oat milk in their latte or something like that. I don't think people are interested in veganism as such. I think they're yeah. interested in like the um like just a more varied, you know, type of consumption. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would agree with you. I just don't yeah. think that because I of think health that, reasons or just novel novelty of just like I want to try what this oat milk is all about. I think health and novelty both. Like I've seen a lot of people at cafes be like eating a, um, you know, ordering a um, like croissant with like cheese and egg on it, and then also mm. like an oat milk latte. Mm-hmm. So like I don't. I think I guess there's something about flavor. There's something about novelty. There's there's a few different things going on with it. Mm-hmm. I do love your correct pronunciation of croissant as well. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. We can, tell, we can tell you're really in the business. But you that's know what I mean? that's a very LA thing to do, though. I guess it's a little oh, really? a little bit of a picking your battles type of thing, or like the same type of person who like, oh, I don't. I don't smoke cigarettes. I do yoga, and I'm vegan, but I also do cocaine twice a, twice a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a, which it's a, which is it's, it's it's like a weird juxtaposition that people seem to make fun of a lot. But I think it it's I like uh, I like it a little bit of like picking your battles of like I love cocaine so much, or I love croissant with with ham and cheese so much that I am maintaining my healthy lifestyle by offsetting that with an alternative milk. Right. Yeah, I think that's completely fine. I think that's totally valid. You know, whatever whatever gets you through the day. I think that's cocaine what, does. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> push and, push and so, do you? How often are you craving uh, a non-vegan treat? Are you ever slipping up, or are you nailed to the edge? Well, I actually because since I moved to Puerto Rico, I'm like. I allow myself like 10% vegetarianism because mm. it makes my life easier, especially with going out to eat or ordering in or something like that. doesn't um, make the cow's life easier though, does it? It does not make the cow's <laughs> life easier and yeah. that's valid. And I'm um, here to give a voice to the voiceless. 
Yes. Um, but that's yeah, okay. I can tell you are, you are well trained by PETA. Um, <laughs> so, it, yeah, so yeah, I, I allow that. Okay, so what is what is the do you have like a, a a prescribed cheat thing back when Chris was was slurping down a lot of a lot of dairy he would treat himself to a large cheese pie um, do you do you just see whatever the market has for you or is there like like okay once a week I eat this whatever quesadilla explosion or something well, for me, it's like I don't really like dairy, and like I, it's not like a cheat thing for me in that I enjoy it so much that mm-hmm. I just can't live without it. Like I can completely live without it, but so you um, go straight to the meat. No, no, uh, absolutely not. No, but uh, yeah, I don't know. There's this like local cafe that um, I would, we would, me and my boyfriend would go to a lot, and now that they're closed, they're like selling a lasagna um mm. every week to like kind of stay afloat so i'll eat the lasagna a mm. couple of times a month maybe and then um occasional pizza but not not too much pizza i think that's uh, good i think if you if you're gonna cross those picket lines a lasagna is is using your time wisely that's a fine, exactly that's a fine cheese snack yeah yeah and and i trust their sourcing so it's not like the worst Mm-hmm. Uh, possible thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. are are what's the are these restaurants surviving down there? Or has it been pretty bad? Um, it's pretty bad. I, I, the there people are surviving though. They've they've pivoted. They've done you know what they need to do to mm-hmm. stay afloat, such as sell lasagna. Aren't we all pivoting? Um, <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, I've been trying to kind of. Uh, support in any way possible. Um, people are doing like different pop-ups and, and that sort of thing. Um, so I think mm-hmm. similar to any urban area. What's, what's, it, what's the gratuity situation over there in Puerto Rico? Uh, well, it is a uh, federal tips minimum wage, same as in the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we tip <laughs> obviously. Um, so, what but, do you think is happening with the with the future of tipping? There's a lot of uh, a lot of convo about that right now. Well, I hope it's over, but it's going to have to be federally mandated to be over. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the tips minimum wage as as a thing is uh, pretty uh, pretty awful, and it has its roots in slavery, as we know. And so, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I hope that we're we're seeing the end of it, but I don't know. Um, I hope so. I as don't well. think. I mean, I think yeah, they've been talking about it for so unless, long. Yeah. It for so long. So what it, is it? Is it? Is it like you're saying? It's because it needs to be federally mandated, or it just won't happen. I think so. Yeah, because otherwise, I mean, if people can get away with paying less, they're going to pay less. Um, true. 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 I, think, I think it's just so deeply ingrained in our our culture that it's just hard to shake. Not unlike you know, the metric system is better than <laughs> than. than yes than the imperial American measurement system, but we just can't seem to shake it, you know? And thanks right. to cooking, it is kind of starting to change, you know, with with uh, weighing by volume and everything versus weighing, weighing by weight. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I hope I put all my recipes in grams, so <laughs> I hope that's that... That's the way to do it. Oh, that's, yeah. That's what real heads do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> cool, guys. <laughs> Chris, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I also saw your story about Angelica, Angelica's kitchen, um, and I wanted to ask you about Kate's joint. Are you familiar? I am familiar with Kate's joint. Yeah, that's like not. I I feel like I 
was too much of like a, a health vegan in the beginning. Yes, and yes, like, yes. So <laughs> it's hard for me to relate to like that kind of vibe. Um, like so I didn't what like is that vibe? either. Well, I've never, I've never heard yeah, of. Yeah, I want to hear you describe the vibe, and then I'll see if I agree with the, the description. Oh <laughs> uh, well, just like vegan fast food type yeah. thing. Yeah, it's not not for me. Like, I, yeah, I didn't like food swings at all. Um, so it's for fat ass vegans, is what we're saying. Basically, I mean, it was also like a place you could party, which I think is really right. interesting. It had like a full bar, mm. right? Which is so rare in yeah in veganism. <laughs> that <laughs> kind of yeah, I'm, that is. But I yeah. don't know. But why though? Because I feel like it's such a big way to make money. You know what I mean? And I don't think that. I don't think that. Like because because vegan- most vegans aren't really getting wasted on martinis and and doing coke and listening to music. You know, they're yeah. Yeah. they're at Suen blessing their meal <laughs> before they they dig into their brown rice I mean, plate. No, nah, you're right, Suen. And do you think Suen is bad or good? Bad. I, I mean, I don't really, uh, yeah, not for me again, but also like that, like for me that like, it goes too far in the other direction. Um, so you're saying Angelica is the, is the perfect mid ground. I think Angelica you. is like, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't say it's perfect. It wouldn't be perfect today in, in the current landscape of, of vegan food, but I think for its time, yeah, it, it did this nice balance between being accessible and being like macrobiotic. Um, it didn't like wear the macrobiotic thing on its sleeve as yeah. much as, as other places. I yeah. mean, Sipin is, is, I love it, but it's also like a terrible restaurant. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Does that make sense? Like, I, I think that's how most people feel about it. It's like, they really sure. like it and they don't even know why, but they also don't ever want to go in there. Um, which is, Kate's joint was the opposite of that. Kate's joint was like, you really wanted to hang out there. Right. Which is, right. A, which is tough for a vegan restaurant. What, what is like one of their iconic dishes for somebody like me who's never been? Kate's joint had a, a wing, a vegan wing. Was it there on was, an, an actual wooden stick? No, that was pre the wooden stick thing. Mm. And they also had they also had a, a, a club, like a like a a classic hotel turkey club. Sure, sure, sure. I, was, I miss those wings on an actual wooden stick. That was one of the most fucked up times in in alternative foods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I mean. What is Alicia? What is your take on all this fake meat? Because I'm kind of like I'm I'm ready to go back to Boca Burgers. I'm like kind of tired of all this shit. Oh, I I prefer a Boca Burger to an Impossible Burger any day. Hell for yeah, sure. Damn, yeah. Oh, two boomers yeah. on the show. I like it. Hell yeah, shots fired. Fuck Beyond. Fuck Impossible. <laughs> That's right. We don't. I just don't. Beyond fucks me up. Like I don't like the way it makes yeah. me feel. No, it make they both make me feel awful. The, what I do mean, you think that is? What do you think that is? I mean, there's a lot, they're like hyper They're genetically modified, hyper processed. Yeah. I mean, Impossible Burgers now are, they do have genetically modified soy in them. And, and the Beyond Burger is like pea protein and like Mm. a bunch of other crap. Um, it's just like not pleasant to eat in the same way that a burger made from like beans is. I don't know. Um, So is, is pea protein crap? I don't think it, I mean, I don't know if you want to put it in your smoothie, I don't care, but I, it's like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to eat a no, I, I was, I wasn't asking to criticize that. That was an actual <laughs> question that I'm trying hey, look, to, Jackie, to know. Jason, look, if you want to put it in your smoothie, it's your funeral, bud. I don't, <laughs> you, but Yo, pea protein in the smoothie, that's, that's cute for you. Um, <laughs> preferred protein. We look, your, Chris and I put hemp protein in I'm our smoothies. Protein guy. Yeah, I was a hemp protein person when I, when I was doing protein smoothies yeah when that was a thing when that was a time in your life where you did yeah. stuff like that yeah Damn, no smoothies for you you didn't bring the vitamix down to san juan 
Oh, shit. Sorry. It's, oh, it sounds like she just turned <laughs> her Vitamix on. Do you have a Manscaped 3.0 lawnmower going in the background? Are you flexing uh, your Vitamix while I... I think out? my neighbor is, is sanding wood. That's what's happening. Yo, hey. been there. <laughs> we, had, we, had a, we had a full month of Jason's house being renovated on this podcast, so it was a very uh, interesting... We're familiar with this that This takes sound. me back. <laughs> yeah. There, so I live in like a, uh, like a, cause Workshop. I live in old fam one. So everything is like 16th century, like colonial, um, stuff. Mm-hmm. So I live in like an old mansion that's been converted into four apartments. That's um, pretty cool. That sounds great. Yeah, it's great. Except that my neighbor <laughs> has like a woodworking situation in, in the pad, his half of the patio. Um, mm-hmm. and so occasionally I, one cannot ever anticipate when he'll be, does he uh, at, at least build beautiful wares? I have no idea what he builds, um, but he's he's like ninety two, so I, I don't know what he. <laughs> yeah, you got it. This hobby is keeping me alive, so you can't exactly. Really I can't here. complain, and I can't ask him to stop. So what's what's the home kitchen setup looking like? Well, it's a really small kitchen, but it's functional. I've made it functional. Um, but I don't have a Vitamix. No, I, I gave up smoothies <laughs> a long time ago. Wow. Um, Why? Wow. What, I feel a little shade, a little smoothie a shade, shade there. there What's going on? No, no, it's no shade. It's just that. Do you that, think that I smoothies are for babies to drink only and not grown-ups? <laughs> no, I just really I associate it with like a very like weird time in my life of mm-hmm. like just a lot of yoga. Um, I don't know, like measuring olive oil into pan. Like it reminds me of like, <laughs> like oh, of just like eating really like weirdly. So, um, so you mean like when you would cook food, you would you would have your your jar or your container of olive oil, and then you would measure in how much you would put in the pan to con. Yeah, like so you were so calorie like, counting. I was counting calories, and that's when I was in the smoothie mood. And so, like, for I, me, I associate it with that. So, that, and, like, I, okay. yeah. so that is a trigger for your calorie counting food trauma of your past. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I, it's not like super traumatic. Other people have, I don't have real food trauma. Right. I just, well, no, I just it's, don't it's like important food. not to downplay your traumas, even of if course. it is something as minimal as calorie counting. Chris and I both suffer from extreme body dysmorphia, so this is a safe place to discuss anything. (laughs) You laugh, I cry. (laughs) I've never counted calories before, which is kind of crazy because it seems like something I'd be really into, but I I don't weigh myself or count calories. It just seems like too much. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He's afraid to see what happens. Did you you use an app for it? Me? (laughs) Yeah. When I got when I was into it, yeah, I think I had like some some app that was the calorie. It was like something I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, it, I think it, it really diet, is a bad yeah. way to live. It's it's just it, it's a dark one. Yeah, it's awful. Well, I think that's uh, maybe another reason why a lot of people have you know to answer your question, Chris, about why people are going vegan. They they might see it as a as a way to just simplify weight loss and and healthy eating of like. I can eat whatever I want as long as I'm vegan and, you know, I'm not eating meat. I'm not eating cheese. I'm not eating animal products. So I should be able to do whatever the fuck I want in the kitchen and still lose weight. And I think that is a, a, a trap that a lot of people fall into with veganism. Yeah, so, I would. Because I, would I was probably that. the fattest and you were probably your fattest when we were both vegan. Definitely. A hundred percent. But I, I do think the, the rise of, of healthy eating is, is, 
like even my parents, you know what I mean? Like it's trickled all the way down now, which is, I don't think they really get what it means or if they're doing it right, but they like think about it. So I think it's gone much further than I ever thought it would go. True. True that. Um, Alicia, so I wanted to talk to you about newsletter stuff. Um, so you use Substack, is that correct? I do use Substack, just just like most everybody else. I think now it, Actually, it's like a joke to have a Substack. Do you think we're, it is we're uh, Mailchimp? Uh, we're, we're Mailchimp Hive on this side, but continue. Of <coughs> we were we were we were our last podcast episode. We were talking about this. Do you find that Substack is ugly looking, um, or are you okay with it? I at first I didn't want to use it because I didn't like how it looked, and I didn't like that everyone's like things looked the same um but then i was like uh whatever um it makes it really easy to monetize and that's obviously it's big Mm -hmm. uh selling point yeah so and they do do a lot of stuff for the for writers like now there's a legal defense thing um because i got a fellowship in their last round of like fellowship searches or something I, uh, i didn't know they did that yeah, so I mean, I got only like an honorary mention, which I was a little salty about. But I, <laughs> they gave me money, and then, and also, I get access to like their legal team and Getty yeah. Images if I need that, and and oh, I cool. get like con- we do consulting on strategy and stuff. So that's oh, nice. That, 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 damn Substack, you're, you're changing my mind on Substack. That's pretty progressive for a, a platform. Yeah, no, it's it, it works out pretty well. Um, yeah, I mean, that's my kind of stack. Um, you <laughs> for for all the content that you put out, there are there are just, there's different tiers. What what is the like the percentage breakdown versus like editorial like thoughtful food writing versus recipes? Um, you know, in terms of content, I'm just asking this strictly from a, a a personal place. I'm trying to figure out how to make money talking about food as well. Uh, if I if I were to start my own, like, what is the you know what would you recommend be the the mix between recipe writing and then just like editorial writing? Well, I don't. I mean, I was going to experiment with recipes for the newsletter, and then I was like, no, a little too um, Alice and Romany. I get it. It's too much. Yeah. Um. So I just write essays on Monday. That's for everyone, free for everybody, and then. Wednesdays, uh, there's a discussion thread with everybody. And then Fridays is when I put out an interview with like whoever I spoke to that week. And then I do do a discussion. Sorry to interrupt. The discussion thread is that on Discord? Slack? It's it's on Substack. It's for the paid subscribers to the newsletter. So they'll get the. the So Substack has like a built in chat room message board situation. Kind of. Yeah. It's like a thread, a comment thread, but it works like a message board. Yeah. And so then I do do a lot of recipes for tenderly, which is a vegan website where Mm -hmm. I'm a contributor. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, that's fun, but it's not like, I kind of, I guess I do two recipes a month for them, but it's really just based on whatever I've been cooking. Mm -hmm. Uh, basically I make all my money now, just like putting out in the world, whatever I'm thinking about or whatever I'm cooking. It's like, it's very not, um, you know, living the dream really, um, in terms of, that sounds like it's living the dream. I mean, that sounds like what I'm doing with my life on Instagram stories for no money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so which is, which, which is why I'm asking you how I do that to make the money. 
Do you oh, like I, don't, I don't, I can't tell you how to make money. Do it. I don't, it's been such a like weird mm-hmm. gradual thing. Um, now but I is the newsletter, is the newsletter leading to more work though? It could be if I felt like, if I felt like doing it. Yeah. Um, like mean, you're, of, you're turning down all these offers that come in because you're like, this is this ain't this is a waste of my time. I can just or are it. you just lazy? I don't think I'm lazy because I'm right. Like doing the newsletter and writing a book is like a full time job. Sure, yeah. Sure. So even though I could like, I'm only taking freelance writing assignments now if I really want to do them. Um, and so right now, because of the newsletter, a lot of editors are like, hey, write an opinion piece or something. And I'm like, no, like I I do one opinion piece a week already yeah. for mm-hmm. my newsletter. So I and don't it really... More than, it pays more than $250. Thanks, Exactly, guys. yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that's really what it becomes. It's like, that's what is so interesting about this newsletter stuff and why I think we talk about it so much. It's like, are people going to care about contributing to these places that aren't like top, top tier when there's no money in it and it, and you already have a direct connection with your fan base? What's the point? Yeah, yeah, I don't see the point anymore. I think we're seeing not, that in almost every type of content, you know? No, totally. But it's like if less is the New York Times, the New Yorker, you know, a couple other things, it's like what's the why would I do this? Like what what's what's the point? And that's for me? and that's just for now. That could you know, that could change. Nobody could care about any of those in in a couple of years. Yeah. Sure. Um, which is, uh, speaking of publications, I don't know if you've heard, but there's this one called Bon Appetit in America (laughs) that has been going through some things. I was just wondering if you had any, any thoughts on that situation? Uh, I'm, I'm kind of, I want to refrain from ever talking about Bon Appetit again. Mm -hmm. I think I like, I am just so sick of talking about it. Like, I just don't care anymore at all. Like nothing's going to change. Like we, thank you. Welcome I, to, welcome to my brain. Continue. No, but but I like, think you guys are frustrated for two different reasons. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so you said nothing's going to change as in the way media is reformed by the, the, the white male patriarchy, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, look, they, I mean, and, all, talking about this makes me see feel I don't like talking about it because I don't actually care about Bon Appetit mm-hmm. like in general like I I just don't care but at the same yep. time I'm like I am a food writer so I do have to like know what's going on and but mm-hmm. I'm not like gonna pretend to be heartbroken that like I don't know that like someone walked away from like I don't know. I don't think it's like a, a big affair for someone to walk away from like doing a thousand dollars a day for video, like on principle. I don't know. I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, there are people who have no in money right now in the restaurant industry, especially so many people out of work, so many people not um, mm-hmm. no longer getting their extra $600 a week from unemployment. Um, so many people in the restaurant industry who are never eligible for unemployment because of their immigration status. Mm-hmm. And so for me to like give a, a, a fuck that uh, these people are walking away from a corporate job as though it is like a revolution, like that's, right. I, <laughs> I just don't care like at all. And oh, so okay, like, Marcus, I like that, I like yeah, that a lot. <laughs> And like Marcus Samuelson, them picking him to like do a guest editor thing. It's like, I don't know, it's just the most safe and obvious. Marcus choice. Samuelson ain't been relevant in years. I'm not even a food person. No, exactly. Like he's just not relevant 
Um, and he's not doing anything new and he's not going to like make any, say anything that's going to really rock the boat in his, when he takes the editorship or something for one issue. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just, it's just, it's, you know, Bon Appetit will continue to be Bon Appetit and Condé Nast will be Condé Nast. So, well, I mean, I, I think the way, you know, the way that you're doing your, you know, your newsletter and your content platform and, you know, Allison Roman have, you know, being forced to go into that world as well. <laughs> I think there, yeah. that could be a real true future for it of like, why would I, why would I give, you know, 20 bucks a month or a year to Bon Appetit when I can just get, and, and I can just give it straight to somebody like you or Alison Roman or whoever, who I really believe in and I want to support and make sure they get all that money because, you know, they're my person. They're my girl who, who gets me and speaks to me and cooks all the food I love. Right, do you exactly. do you subscribe to stuff like are you do you also find yourself reading a lot of newsletters or are you more of a a writer of newsletters no no i subscribe i mean i but you don't pay kind of i do pay I'm yeah i pay <laughs> <laughs> who the fuck would pay for a newsletter seriously i pay <laughs> <laughs> no it's, yeah i pay for uh vittles which i love from london which is a food newsletter indigestion mm. which my friend james runs also out of london um sourced which is a new one on food origins and food history um i pay for matambre which is a bilingual um food newsletter out of buenos aires and so damn yeah damn you just I, listed I, off that's fire how much early. how much do these newsletters cost per month on average well, I pay yearly for most of them. The mm-hmm. Matambre, I pay like a few bucks a month. It's not right. It's not. Yeah, it's nothing crazy. Oh, I pay for Stain Page News, which is about cookbooks news, too. Do you do you do you listen to podcasts? Ugh, that's a thing I don't do that much. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's okay. We don't either. So that uh, yeah, no, it's uh, nice. I do. That was part of the reason I was asking you is because as a person who we record three shows a week and it's like, uh-huh. you know, we spend a lot of time doing this. I, I don't actually I don't actually listen to that many podcasts anymore. Right. Um, so why I, I, why why do you because you're sick of pod, of just audio in general or what, what is the reason? I don't know. I, I just, it doesn't, I don't know. I can't explain it. It's just like, I, I just think I consume so much all the time. There's one or two I want to listen to, but that era of like discovery being super excited about it. Mm. Um, the bloom is off the rose for you. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Lastima. But that's fine. Did you, watch, did you watch TV and movies and stuff? Or are you mostly, are you just not, are you checked out from some of that stuff? She might just listen to jazz on vinyl. Only exactly, exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I watch lots of movies, um, and I just just finished The Americans, which is a that's a TV yeah. show. Um, yeah, <laughs> brother, uh, that is a TV show. That is a TV show. <laughs> I don't have actually my vinyl is still in New York, so I I only list stream music. So that's you're a title girl, that. aren't you? Yeah, I was about to say, how much is your title subscription? That's that's, uh, that's really <laughs> that's a lot of charity. They might not have that down there. Um, actually I wanted to talk, we were, um, what was I? Oh, sorry. Your, um, a common food podcast question or just food in general question is the, is the classic deathbed meal. Um, I want, I want yours and I want Chris's vegan deathbed meal. Oh, or do you, or do you break your veganism to eat meat? or dairy for your final deathbed meal since it doesn't matter, God isn't real, etc. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
Follow-up I mean, question, my, do you believe in God? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I do actually, yeah, but okay. um, my... I uh, I think my 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 meal would be a Yuba Verde from Superiority Burger. Oh, <laughs> great choice! That's my neighborhood go-to. I live right down the street. I've actually oh, never nice. I've never had that. Um, I know it comes that up on the show. I, feel I like know that Superior Yuba Burger. is a tofu skin and Verde is green. But can you can you describe <laughs> that dish in a way that would make me really smack my lips? <laughs> I, I mean, I wish I could. I haven't had one in so long, but it's, yeah, it's like fried Yuba and like a bunch of green stuff and it's a little spicy. Um, you can get a small one or a big one. I don't know. Um, well, I, if I was eating one, I could describe it more like a food writer, but, um, so, so, yeah. so deathbed meal, fried tofu skin with some green stuff on top. You guys, yeah. um, I, I'm going to say that's not good enough. Chris, what do you got? Uh, <laughs> Man, shit. So, I mean, I guess it would either be a pizza. Come on, fat um, boy. Which, honestly, I don't even care where it's from. I mean, I just if I was going <laughs> to die, I think the last thing I want to eat is pizza. But um, but are you going to go pepperoni since since this no, is your death? You're you're going to no. stick to cheese only. A classic margarita would be fine for me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. But if it had to be vegan, Jason, I think it might be the Big Macro from M Cafe. Ooh, the original. The original for Big CB. Macro. Are you familiar with this, Alicia? No, I'm not. So M Cafe is like a restaurant that in LA that is – Jason, how would you describe it? It peaked in like 2008? Yeah, it, it is basically a, 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 a macrobiotic cafe that kind of has like an Erewhon type of energy of like an expensive, hot, attractive people, vegan cafe place where it's but, but, really – it's overpriced and it's worth it. But I'm saying that's what it was in 2008. So think about that with a little grunge. You know what I mean? A little, the corners are, are a little dusty. <laughs> you might see in a member of the band AFI appear there. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, it has, but it has a, they do a homemade veggie burger and they have a, a, a special sauce with it. And it just really hits for me. I, I just think that the veggie burger done well. I think it's, it's a lost art now because no one wants to do a homemade anymore because everyone's just going to get impossible or, or beyond. Mm. Right. That is true. I mean, I used to eat those black bean burgers from the restaurant chain Chili's when I was a youngster. <laughs> of course. So well, my favorite up. that we've talked about on the show before is Houston's. Um, the the upmarket uh, chain nice. has their the, a very good homemade veggie burger, and it, it's 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 something you really can get when you're in a third tier city. Houston's is really, washed. Really hits the spot. You know what I mean? <laughs> really hits the spot. Really hits the spot. Are there a lot of vegan restaurants in San Juan? Is there or is it a thing there? It's a thing. There's a couple of vegan places, but it, it, it's more of a thing out in the west of the island, like Rincon, where yeah. there, there's a lot more surfy, um, surfy vibe, a lot more like white dudes with dreadlocks. Mm-hmm. So there, there's a lot more veganism out there. Don't come for Jason like that. I've yeah. actually, I have been to, I've been my to hair Rincon. dreads very well. Thank you very I've much. I've been to Rincon before and it was like, not for me for those reasons. Yeah. Do yeah. you think you're going to live in Puerto Rico forever? Uh, it depends on how things go. Um, what kind of things? Yeah. With, with, uh, <laughs> with your life partner or with the world? <laughs> with my, with my life. Well, my life partner, not in terms of whether we're going to uh, be together or not, but whether in terms of like, maybe he wants to like do a PhD and, and probably do that in Spain. Um, and okay. so <clears throat> we'd go to Spain. Um, What's right. it, where do you think? And depending on if you're ever um, legally allowed to enter the country of Spain. Exactly. Again. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there will be a lot of 
choices to be made um, once once we're allowed in the European Union again. I think. God, um, that's true for all of us. I can't wait. To, yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to escape to the south of France, be blasting a cig shirtless on a beach. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's Chris's. Yeah, that's the, your PhD, your your partner's PhD is cute and all, but he really wants <laughs> to smoke yeah. cigarettes in really France. Focused, okay, really focus on on important important stuff. Uh, before we go, I would like to know the, what's your number one vegan like packaged snack that we can buy at Whole Foods. But, <laughs> um. Damn, I'm not like a package snack. Chris is a snack I, master, but package snacks, I, I Chris, myself, are bad for the environment. I consider myself to be a snack master. I can look at the aisle and pluck something from obscurity that will tickle your taste buds. Right. Um, but I didn't, know if, I didn't know if maybe you had a little secret for me that I didn't know about or I wasn't aware of. I mean, if I was going to Whole Foods and I needed a snack, what would I, it's been so long, Jesus? Because I used to go to the Whole Foods by Bryant Park, all the and library, not, all the time. Do not say uh, an assortment of mango slices or something like that. Yeah, no, we're talking, no, no. <laughs> we're talking some Brian, shit I, that is made out of nacho cheese flavored kale shit. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, uh, maybe uh, the I don't know. Um, Have a corn chips. I'm not like I'm only a potato chip person really. I'm not like a, a corn chip person. Oh, um I would damn. probably get a chocolate bar. I would probably get like Rocka chocolate or I'd get Justin's peanut butter cups. Okay, now we're talking. Okay. Yeah. Justin's, uh, Justin's dark chocolate almond butter cup. I, I am yeah. I am in. Yeah, yeah. So definitely that. Like damn, that's what I'd get. You guys have a lot of person. blood on your hands if you're eating that type of chocolate. <laughs> Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I only support Tony's chocolate. Tony's has great packaging, but I mean that is that is really damn. I want a Justin's peanut butter cup pretty bad now. Mm. Yeah, they're they're. I don't even. I don't think I could get them here. Maybe I could go to Starbucks. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, you used to work at Starbucks, right? I did used to work at Starbucks. So yeah. sick. I, did you give away so much stuff? Yes. Did you and steal I stole money? so much stuff. Yes, I yeah. knew it. That is so, yeah. see, what, what are I you stealing, money. though? Like Money. You're, <laughs> no, I didn't steal. <laughs> money? You're, you're stealing like syrup packets or, or, no, or copies was, of the Cranium board game? <laughs> just a lot of lemon loaf, a lot of yogurt parfaits. Uh, like, yeah, a lot see, of crap. Like free frappuccinos, a lot of experimenting with fra- flavors. Yes. See, like, I knew when you said you were hardcore adjacent, I had a feeling that this would come into play because a lot of hardcore kids that I grew up with worked at Starbucks and they yeah. would make these insane vegan beverages, actually. And yes. give us these, like, it was probably 2,000 calories. Yes. <laughs> like, back, back when hanging out uh, with your bros who work at Starbucks is the only social activity that you can really do. Because exactly. you are not using your time wisely by trying to have sex with other people. Exactly. No, there's none of that happening. What what location did you work in? I well, I worked at one on Long Island in a town called Bohemia. <laughs> Damn, that sounds made up. A Long I Island know. Starbucks. Yep. That's yep. Cool. So you never worked at one in the city because that's dark. I think. No, I think that would be yeah, that would be a lot. It was it, it had a drive through though, and it was twenty four hours, so it was like a pretty hardcore Starbucks. Um, have you ever had a of- chance to sample the sous vide egg from Starbucks? I have not, and I don't think I will. I don't think I will. Do Thank you. Welcome to the team. I, I don't yeah. understand people. People romanticize pretty delicious. That fucking dump is disgusting. I hate <laughs> Starbucks. I hate it. I, I hate it. it. Well, you know, some people. The product is not good. It's not even. It's not like even funny good. It's just bad. 
Yeah. Mm, you know, it's yeah. airport only. True, but I mean, I have some nostalgia for for getting a, a nasty, stinky little soy latte from from Starbucks every once in a while with that full, full sugar soy milk going. Well, to to be fair, they were on their they were on their um their, their, their they alternative. Early, I mean, they were early on the alternative milk. For remember a chain, soy for, milk? When's the last time you had fucking soy milk? Ages ago, Jesus. Ages. It's macadamia <laughs> only on this side. Is is that just is that just over? Is soy milk done? I think so. I yeah, I think it's over. Um, yeah, because it gives guys um, breasts. It makes your breasts right. grow because you That's have right. uh, you know a lot of estrogen in the soybean. That's my which is something rumor. that Chris and I could be working on. Actually, our uh, our bird like chests could use That's any true. any voluptuous as we need. We need to drink more soy. Uh, Alicia, thank you for joining us. Tell people um, where they can find you on the World Wide Web. Uh, AliciaKennedy.substack.com, uh, Alicia Kennedy on Twitter, mm. and Alicia D. Kennedy on Instagram because I, hate I that fucked for you. up. I yeah. hate that for you. I hate that for you. I've been there myself. I hate that. That is for because you. Yeah. I fucked up my own name. <laughs> All yeah. right. Well, hopefully, hopefully, um, you know, our listeners that are that are interested in, in food and the world around it will subscribe to the newsletter, um, mm. so you never have to write for another crooked publication again in your life. Damn. Right. Amazing. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks for we'll taking the time soon. to pod with us. Thanks. Thank Bye. you for having me. Bye, guys.